Welcome to the Power Kid Podcast, the premier and longest running podcast focused on the modern toy and entertainment industry. Power Kid is an award-winning design and development firm, and we are a proud member of the Adventure Media and Events Podcast Network family. Adventure Media is the publisher of your favorite industry publications, including the Toy Book, the Toy Insider, and the Pop Insider. I am your host, Phil Albritton, and I bring you great conversations with talented people making amazing products for kids. Toys, books, games, TV, movies, I bring them to you here every episode. Welcome aboard. Hello, 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 Power Kids, and welcome to another Power Kid podcast. Guys, every episode is my honor and joy to come on here and to share these conversations with you with great people all over the world making great things for kids. I'm very excited about our guest today, Paul Weibel. Let me introduce you to Paul. He has a long history in the toy business. His past positions include sales manager at Magnetic Poetry, national accounts sales manager for Manhattan Toy Company, national accounts sales manager at Manhattan Toy Company, general manager at Mindware and Jacks, and sales manager positions at Asmodee and Hansa. He is now the manager of consumer sales for Trend Enterprises and is helping them break into the toy channel. He's got some great new items. Paul, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. Thanks, Phil. Such a pleasure to have you on the show, Paul. I'm always interested in folks that straddle the line between education and toys and have so much toy background. And so thank you for coming on the show. We'll start where we always start. How did you come to be involved in the toy industry in the first place? Oh, boy. Um, well, you know what? I've, I guess I've always been kind of driven by this pursuit of fun, you know, since I was a kid, you know, bike and that bike is fun but what else can you do to make it more fun throw some cards in the spokes like we all did right so <laughs> I, I just <laughs> i just always felt like that if, if something was fun there, there has to be a way to make it more fun and if something wasn't fun well then that's a shame and, and we got to infuse some fun in, into what's not fun so I, I guess that's always been in my dna um and so out of college i moved to san diego um probably because that was probably one of the most fun places I could think of, you know, beaches and burritos. And, 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 uh, and I thought, let's go there. That's fun. And, and I, I had a captain's license and, and I, I used that to get a job sailing boats around the San Diego Bay, which was also fun. Um, so this pursuit of fun just kind of drove me into different career choices. And we did whale washing and sunset cruises and all that kind of thing. And after a few years of this, um, I would be sailing back into the San Diego Bay and I'd see the skyline um, kind of twinkling at me. And it seemed like it was saying, you know, hey, um, you should get a job over here in one of these buildings and, and it's time to get serious. And I, I don't know why, but that really drove me. I, I felt like I, it was time to kind of grow up in a way. And, um, and so I went from sailing to, to selling. So I, I remember being driven to, Kind of get on with the next thing and you know again kind of grow up a little bit so i i, I walked uh through the building lobbies downtown and i wrote down company names that sounded interesting to work for and and i uh, was going to go back and do my research uh, kind of before you had the internet in your pocket and uh, took my list and kind of started looking at the buildings 
I think they had a nice view because uh, <laughs> that's <laughs> that's fun too, you know. And if you're going to work in one of those buildings, why not get the view? And so I, I I looked around and I finally I, I ended up finding a job um, for a company that sold repro graphics um, to law firms. And so the, the, it was a service they offered for you know all the documents that you would need in the court case or trial exhibits that you would need or depositions that kind of thing. And, and so I enjoyed it. It was a good job, but I recognized quickly that, especially looking out with that nice view of the bay and seeing the same sailboat that I used to sail going through the San Diego Bay and going, well, that guy's having all my fun. Ah. Here here I am. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like this is a good job, but it needs a fun infusion. So we had this big cart that we used to deliver boxes and boxes of copies. It's called a Magliner cart. And and I realized when you deliver the documents, the cart and the cart is empty, it becomes a four foot long skateboard. And so <laughs> I started riding that Magliner down B Street in San Diego, which had just a slight uh, nice downhill grade to it if you're coming back to the office when the cart is empty and you could really get flying. And I had so much fun riding that thing. It was literally um, sidewalk surfing. We, we could go down the stairs, and it was, it was a blast. So I started showing the other guys that I worked with how to how to turn this thing into a skateboard. And, and believe it or not, the uh, the bosses there kind of liked the uh, what it, what it was telling people that legal reprographics is fast. You know, we'll get you your copies fast. These guys are running around town and, and they're fast. So we never were discouraged from doing that. And then I thought, okay, and I'm getting to where the toys come in here because, um, so I found a way to make my own enjoyment of the job more fun by adding some kind of physical fun to it. And then I thought, well, what about the paralegals that are my customers? Um, these law firms are so serious and stressful. And they need a fun infusion. And I kind of became this self-proclaimed Superhero of fun, but the funny enough guy. You know? So, so I, I made it my mission to to be the fun enough guy, and and um, I think from there, this is where it, it was really the turning point that led me to the toy industry because I started delivering copy jobs to these paralegals with a little wind up toy in there, and and they would open the box and it was just such a stark contrast between a box of depositions and this bright, cheery, colorful little wind-up toy that did all kinds of neat, amazing things. And they would wind it up on their desk and they would watch it flip over and do a cart or whatever it would do. And they were amazed. And other paralegals would come around and huddle around and say, this is, this is really neat. And it was just like all these smiles. And it was kind of like splashing lime green paint on a black and white canvas. It just, it, boom, there was, it was an infusion of fun into this very serious environment. And they started collecting these little wind-up toys and keeping them on their desks. And and all of a sudden, um, I was their fun break, you know, and, and I was, it was kind of mission accomplished. I, I funned up this day and now on to the next one. And I got home and I was telling my wife all about these things that I was enjoying at work. And uh, she said, you know, you, you should be in the toy industry. And it's weird because I never had even thought of that as in this whole pursuit of fun, I never thought of that as, as an option. It was kind of the obvious answer. So, um, yeah, so from there, I, I pursued it and um, first starting out with magnetic poetry. So, that's a great story, Paul. So, let's talk about that fun in the corporate world because I, I think 
now more than ever, the toy industry is doing a much better job of communicating the importance of play and the importance of fun really in all aspects of our life. When we look at the, the communication that's coming out of the Genius of Play program, um, yeah. we, are, we are pushing that narrative and really getting that out there. But what it took in in your case and in your environment was for you, for one person to step out, to get creative and do something a little bit extra and suddenly you start kind of this, this following, you know, you're delivering collectibles now and people love to see you coming and they're probably talking about it with their, you know, with their peers. And, and this idea that you can do something a little bit different and break out of the mundane corporate existence really Absolutely. is it's, it's great to think about. And, and we all love to have fun, but there are some real benefits to that as well. I'd love to hear when you started doing this and, and sending wind up toys with the packages and papers that you would deliver, what was the result of that? What changes did you see in those environments? Oh man. Yeah, it was, you know, yeah, I kind of make that, that comparison to, to splashing the, the, the bright paint on a black and white canvas because these, these are these are wonderful people. They're working hard, um, and and they they I think you know for the most part they enjoy their job, but they were under so much stress. And I just found that um, how it was kind of like you know a desert where no one has water. It, it, they were just so starved for a bright, fun moment in their day. And I felt like whether it was a joke or a toy or the two combined. It just felt like if you could leave there and, and when you left on your way down the elevator, you knew that there was a huddle of people that were now smiling that were, you know, that, that got a little break from that stressful day or the mundane day. And, you know, I, I got the feeling that they were all, you know, I started getting other, other paralegals calling and I think they wanted to wind up toys for their desk. It was, it was really fun. Um, I think what it, what it told me is that this this thing this this invented superhero being the funded up guy is is, is, a, <laughs> is a real thing and it's a real need and and it's something that not only kids need um, but adults need and and yeah like the genius of play the more we can put play into environments I think it lightens things up I think it makes people happier and I think when people are happier their work output, whether it's a product or a service, whatever it is, is, is better. And once you found yourself in the toy industry, you did not let go. Like many of us, it just gets in your blood and, and stays with you. And so from magnetic poetry to Manhattan toy company, Mindware, Jack's, uh, Asmo Day, Hansa. I mean, you, you have so much experience in the toy industry. And so I'm going to ask a big question and we can just sift through it as we go. Uh, but you know, what are you learning along the way from these companies about the toy industry? It's so interesting to me that you said that the toy industry was just not even something on your radar that you thought about. But once the light bulb moment came on, it was like, this is brilliant. Of course, this is where I need to be. So what did you learn early on? Maybe what surprised you about the toy industry? And tell me about your experience as you go through each of these manufacturers. Yeah, thank you. I, you know, it's, it's a great question. I, I've learned so much um, through different offices, but uh, kind of the common thread uh, has been, you know, this whole idea of kind of this, the card in the bike, you know, the bike's fun, but already, but if you put the cards in the spokes, it's even more fun. And, and it, what I've 
found is that sometimes um, there's some great ways that you can impact a product by stepping outside of your role a little bit. And if you've got an idea to fund something up or add, you know, more fun to a product, it doesn't always cost anything to add a, a concept in there. And sometimes it'll help you overcome a, an obstacle. And I've learned, don't assume someone's thought of that and dismiss the idea because maybe they didn't. So bring it up and, and it might turn into something wonderful. Um, you know, when I was at Hanza, we had this bear that was a, a animatronic bear, wonderful product. And it talks and it sings and it, it tells jokes and it's, it's life-size, you know, grizzly bear. It's, it's amazing. And, and so we had this at uh, you know, one of the Astro shows and someone came up and, you know, it's, I was pretty new with the company and said, how, how much does that bear cost? It's amazing. And I could tell they were kind of hesitant to hear the answer and almost reluctant to even ask. And the uh, first time around, you know, I said, well, it's, uh, you know, it's $2,800. Um, oh, okay, so that scared them out of the booth, you know. Right, and, uh, right. All right, well, that's kind of what I figured. See you later. Uh, oh, wait, 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 you know. So they were gone, and so um, I tried it differently the next time around, and and um, and this is something I learned that I apply everywhere I am and apply a trend also. But the next time around, someone came by and said, "Well, this bear is amazing. How much is he?" And, and I said, "Less than an employee." You know, and, and they kind of said, well, what do you mean by that? You know, well, well, this bear, you know, he comes, he's always at work. He's always happy. He's always, you know, he'll tell stories. He, he can, he can interact with people. He, he can even sell, you know, what do you mean he can sell? What do you, you, know, you, you, can, you can program him and, and he'll tell the kids a story. And then he, and then, and then you can have all the little Hansa cubs on next to the bear. And, and, uh, and uh, the bear can say at the end of this story time, Make sure you adopt one of my cubs. They're looking for a good home like yours. You know, go ask your mom if you can bring one home. You know, and now the bear is selling, and and uh, he doesn't take you know sick leave and vacation time, and he's always there with a smile. So, so the next thing you know, you know, uh, this person with a wonderful story they wanted to be in came back around. She said, "I'm going to think about this." And she came back the next day and said, I'm going to hire that bear, you know, and, and all of a sudden, <laughs> <laughs> so we, we started this whole bear for hire campaign, you know, um, Hey, you know, bring this in. And again, it was an opportunity to, uh, you can't do this online. You know, you have some experience in your store. So, so those sorts of things, sometimes you think, well, surely someone's thought of this, but maybe they haven't. And so I've learned to, when you have a challenge or a new product, uh, look at it from a different angle. Find a void and a need for your your customer on the B two B front. You know, look for something that's going to enhance that customer's store. And on the the consumer front, which is all, always top of mind, you know, find something that is going to make your product more important to them. So for trend, you know, it's the games. Uh, we we ha- what are our, our core companies and our expertise is is engaging with kids. We're so good at it. 50 years of tons of experience with wonderful designers who know kids, a teacher who started the company. And so how do we apply that and fill a void? And where's the void? Well, you know, um, there's a lot of games out there that are just, they look wonderful and they are wonderful, but they're too hard for everybody to play together. And, and mm. maybe some get it, some don't. And, and you know, we have a real knack for knowing kids and how they think and play and, and, and laugh and engage. And so why not take all of those skills and then add in, you know, the, the parent engagement and create games that everybody can play. 
um, and then take our design skills and apply them to every square inch of the product. So when you open one of our games, it's just loaded with wonderful graphics inside the cover, around the edges of the box, and the directions um, to the wonderful videos that tell about the games. And so that was always the goal, to create something that's going to uh, enrich the lives of, of kids and, and adults. And um, I've learned, I guess, to wear a lot of hats wherever you are. Um, find your passion and and find a way that you can apply that to back to the company where it will add value to what your company does. Um, so I think... I think those are a lot of the big takeaways. Yeah, we we have to grow up, but we don't have to let the fun end. And in fact, fun is a part of what we do. It's a big part of what we do. Something you said earlier before we started recording, fun is a concept and not a cost. And I want you to unpack that a little bit because I I love that, uh, that phrase, fun is a concept, but not a cost. Fun can also be a bit nebulous and you have to really work sometimes to find that fun sweet spot uh, where that product or that game or that puzzle is really um, you know, maximally enjoyable as you're participating in it. And so talk about that. Unpack that phrase. Fun is a concept, not a cost. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's it's kind of that, you know, the kid that opens the present and you know, has more fun with the box and the toy that it's that, that kind of a thing where you're creating a product and you know, you have, you know, certain limitations and, but you also know that you have a price value equation and it has to, it has to be really fun and exciting um, to capture people's attention and and get them talking about it and get traction. And so um, a great example of taking this, uh, you know, these concepts of the games that we have is that they had to all be unique and different. Um, and so our design team had so many ideas and everything was on the table and almost all of the ideas for the, for the products were, were concepts and, and they were fun concepts. Now the challenges don't overcomplicate it because like I said before, one of the voids we were trying to fill is make it simple and we want our games to be easy to, play really fast and to understand really fast. And, but yet there's a lot of strategy and engagement. So don't take out any fun ideas, fit them into the product as long as it doesn't overcomplicate it. But generally the the model for us is, yeah, the concept is where the value is. And and that's what ultimately gives the customer the experience that they, that they talk about and want to have. And uh, so, you know, we've started the other way too, where we've started with a bigger, uh, product with more, you know, guts to it. Maybe it's a board game with pawns and things like that. And at the end of the day, uh, it becomes difficult to meet that cost value equation. And so um, we'll trade components for concepts and the concepts, again, they're, they're free. And oftentimes, like we're saying in that process, you end up with just a much more fun product. And, and that's been the case of several of our our products, they started as one thing and they ended up just a heck of a lot more fun and, and it works with that price value equation. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot to be said for jamming more fun in without raising the retail price up too high where it's out of reach. 
No, it's it's absolutely true that the cost pressure oftentimes forces you to be more creative, uh, more efficient with how you design the product, and it, it puts you in a more creative place. And and it, the end result is often a more creative and fun product. No, that that exactly. is that's absolutely true. Sometimes it, it is important, I think, to put uh, restraints on yourself when you're developing a product or developing a game. Uh, put some restraints on yourself and. And in the end, you will be forced to think about things a little differently than maybe you would have before. You'll find new ways to achieve the same result or even a better result. Uh, I absolutely agree with that. So let's talk about Trend Enterprises. Their background for 50 years has really been in education. And it was it was founded on this idea of injecting fun, which is, this is just perfect for you and your story, Paul, Right, injecting fun into education, injecting fun into this thing that has traditionally been perceived as not fun. And so Trent Enterprises steps into the foray 50 years ago with this idea and, and wants to build on that. Talk about the history of Trend Enterprises. What uh, obstacles did they overcome maybe in their early days? Um, and then how are they now thinking about expanding into the toy channel and how is that different than education? Yeah. You know what? It's, it's interesting because there's actually, it seems to be with trend uh, particularly because they were so way ahead of the curve in, in, you know, recognizing the value of fun and there's actually more similarities than differences for us. Um, you know, one thing with COVID is it, it increased the desire for at-home learning products and uh, screen-free entertainment. Um, and uh, the, the line between the products that are just for teachers and just for parents has had already kind of been shrinking. And COVID really pushed that further. So our traditional classroom products like flashcards and bingo, um, they were increasing in consumer sales year over year prior to the pandemic. And now these same products that were previously viewed as like too educational, like you're saying, um, for toy stores are being welcomed in and, and requested by specialty toy stores because of this growing demand for, for at-home learning. And then on the product front, and, you know, we're, we're focused on, you know, both education and toy markets. And so it's kind of a two-sided coin um, designing for the, educational market for the classrooms and then also for the, the toy channel but um really the common side between these this this point is that you know fun is a leading factor on both sides we create with the intention of benefiting kids and their families and then, you know, anyone who interacts with our products whether it's for specific learning value or just wholesale entertainment at home um, with our emphasis being shift towards education at the beginning and then now um, focusing on the, the toy channel as well, uh, the main vehicle is, you know, still engaging kids and, and making sure that, that they're going to have a good time using the product, you know. So there's, there's a lot of similarities. Um, again, it was real natural for Trend to extend their reach into these channels because of the whole value proposition that started the company. We're going to bring fun into learning. And, you know, it's our, it's, it's right there with our logo. We make learning fun. And so it's kind of been a natural, natural process. 
you know, one, one thing that I found, especially with educational products, is that sometimes you have to prompt the teacher or even the child and almost give them permission to have fun. If they're in a certain mindset where this is education, this is learning, we have to be concerned about the test scores, we have to be concerned about uh, this, this child retaining all of this information, that can sometimes get in the way of fun. And what I think teachers and, and sometimes kids don't realize is that when you do both in a balanced way, it actually enhances the entire experience. So, you know, how do you step into that space and encourage teachers that it's okay to have fun? If your kids are laughing and cutting up while they're doing this, you know, this math game, like that's what you want. Is there any convincing that you have to do for your customer to get them in that space? You know, I, I think that maybe, and I, this is beyond my years here at Trend in, in a way, because I think in the early years, um, it might be a little bit different answer than, than what it is now. I think because Trend really was groundbreaking, they really were in, in bringing this in the classroom. But what, what happened really um, is that way more than any resistance to, eh, you know, we're not supposed to, we need convincing to have fun in the classroom. I think it was it was just such a welcome, wow, you know, this is amazing because of how kids respond to these concepts that always promise that they're going to enjoy uh, learning. And, and I think um, now it's just become who we are and it's, it's why teachers look to us. And so on the inside, that's the reason they shop for our products. So they're not anymore, you know, saying, I'm not sure if, my students should be having this much fun or, you know, it's almost like, yeah, this is, this works. You know, well, going back to even our, our stinky stickers, um, you know, that's, we've sold millions of, of stinky stickers and just, that's, we have super shapes and all these great stickers and, and they were rewards, you know, and still are, but for kids that on their paper, well, you know, now things are more digital. And so they're not receiving stickers maybe as often on a paper. Um, but boy, I'll tell you, we have such a huge following for our stickers. They're still an amazing product uh, for us, an amazing um, driver of sales, and there's huge value there. And now that people remember those so fondly, just talk about funding up your day. You get a sticker on your paper of a, a zombie fruit, a little apple. It's, you scratch him and he smells like dirt, you know, and, and that's, <laughs> that's, that's kind of was unprecedented in the classroom. Right. So something like that is wow, look what the teacher gave me, you know, a zombie apple and it smells like dirt, you know, and, 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 and that sort of thing says absolutely you have permission to have fun and smile and laugh in the classroom. And now today, toy stores are discovering that, wow, these are the products and, and there's a lot of reminiscent, I remember these and there's a lot of enthusiasm for trend stickers also. We have some fan bases online that are, are really excited by collecting them. So Lots of neat history here. Well, and you can't scratch and sniff an iPad, can you? That's right. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We, we still own smell. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, the technology hasn't taken that away That's yet. Right. So. That's right. That's right. And, and all of it. Paul, done in the U.S., manufactured in the U.S., which is very exciting. We talked about it a little bit. It can be tough to manufacture in the U.S. Getting the right margin just forces you to be more creative. But talk a little bit about manufacturing in the U.S. and the history of doing that and, and why that's important to you and to Trend. Yeah, I think just that that's always been a, a very important part of, of Trend, a commitment that our owner made from the get-go, uh, wanting to bring, you know, 
jobs here, to people here in 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 the U.S. and, and in Minnesota, and and also just um, have a real oversight on the quality. And quality has always been a huge uh, importance to Trend. We're really a a premium provider. So if you, for example, our flashcards, um, just really exceptional quality and we're really a leader in that space and teachers and parents love that it's, it's made so well and so thoughtfully. And I think manufacturing in the United States, um, really helps us have more control. It also helps us ship quickly, especially now it's, it's really uh, paying dividends at this time. When unfortunately, you know, there's those port delays, which we don't wish on anyone, but we're, we're certainly glad that we don't have those uh, those issues right now. So I, I think it's just been a core part of, of our promise uh, in, in this company and partially for, uh, you know, building in America and then partially for quality and uh, speed of delivery and uh, more control. So it's definitely... a got its challenges but it's 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 got more upside for us for sure massive benefits massive yes, benefits right absolutely. now for sure uh paul this has been absolutely just fantastic thank you for the great conversation talk to the toy industry what do you want them to know about new items that are coming out uh where will they be able to find you perhaps at toy fair share with our, our listeners where they can find you yeah absolutely yeah we will be uh at toy fair and i believe it's booth uh, 132 i think so i hope i didn't get that wrong but uh, we're looking forward to that it's going to be our first toy fair in, in many years so we're very excited you know one thing i want the toy industry to know is that we're over here you know in minnesota raising our hands saying hey come check us out uh, we're you know we're new to this space relatively new and when we kind of launched this initiative in the toy channel, uh, COVID hit. So it was, you know, harder to get in front of people. So, so this is wonderful. Um, we're most excited right now about these 10 new games that we have. Um, they really strike a balance for trend that's, uh, focused on family fun. So we've got all of our wonderful learning fun, educational products for schools. And now we have these wonderful family fun products for the, the dining table with the family and What's really neat is uh, what they accomplished here is these games have so many different ways to play. So the gameplay for each game is unique. So it's not the same mechanics with different themes. They're all unique. And um, our creative team just has so many ideas. At some point, we had to say, okay, let's let's do these 10 and and, and we'll start focusing on uh, other concepts as well. And there's there's always more coming with with trend. But... um, Great themes in the games, so we hope people come and check us out and play the games. They uh, are a lot of fun. So, uh, you know, we'll see where we go from here. I'm really excited um, for what this company is is going to put forth into this market. Very good. Guys, check it out, trendenterprises.com. Reach out to Paul with any questions you have. Paul, still having fun after all these years (laughs) and and still sailing the seas of change and trend. So so well done, sir. Thank you for the time. Uh, Thank you for the great conversation. And uh, we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks so much, Phil. It's been a lot of fun. Thank you for tuning in to the Power Kid podcast. If you like what you hear, subscribe so that you never miss an episode and leave a good review on iTunes. This helps us find more great listeners just like you. Remember also to check out the other shows that are a part of the Adventure Media and Events 
Podcast Network family. This show is brought to you by the PowerKid Design and Development Team. We are a full-service design and development studio serving the toy and game industry for over 20 years. Our partners, large and small, rely on us for invention, concept development, packaging, branding, prototyping, and much more. You can find me on my LinkedIn page, check out the website at PowerKidDesign.com, or email me directly, phil at PowerKidDesign.com. I am always happy to connect and help you develop your next great product. It's been an honor to spend this time with you today. Now go out and make something great. And remember, you are creative because you were created. God bless, and I'll see you next episode.